Welcome to the Jesus 360 podcast, a devotional guide to the names and descriptions of Jesus given to us by the Apostle John in the book of Revelation. Brother Daniel and myself, Blair Phillips, will be co-hosting today's discussion on Jesus, the one who's worthy to receive all wisdom. And so we are on the third name of Jesus given in Revelation chapter 5, verse 12. And so as a refresher, I will read that. And so it's the angels and the four living creatures and the 24 elders singing. And they said with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And so, Brother Daniel, we are on number three out of seven in this one verse. And we're on wisdom, which is, I think, as you were saying, the Greek word Sophia. That's over 50 times in the New Testament that we have. And so tell us about this attribute of wisdom and how it applies to the beauty of who Jesus is. Well, to be precise, it's used 51 times. And when the angels encountered the slain lamb, immediately they exclaimed, Oh my God, wisdom! Why wisdom? Because they saw what he has done and the way he did it, including being slain in order to receive the scroll as brilliant. Who could have thought about that? Who could have thought about redemption based on Romans chapter 8? So they exclaimed, oh my God, you have the wisdom. And obviously, uh, you know, in the whole scripture, the word wisdom personified is very, very crucial. Uh, the Greeks share the same sentiment. They have a personification of wisdom called Sophia, but they did it more in a uh, kind of a uh, mythological God way. But um, wisdom is em- in embodied in the person of Christ in fullness, not just partiality. In the Old Testament, there were five books that were designated in a segment that is commonly known as wisdom literature. They are the book of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and the Song of Songs. And if this is not important, the Hebrew scripture would not have designated such a large segment of the content of inspired word of God to wisdom literature. It is important. And the Lord wants us to relate to him as wisdom. Because James, the apostle, wrote in the epistle very clearly, that wisdom brings something that's peaceable on the earth, especially the heavenly wisdom. They are fleshly wisdom that sometimes cause even more strife because they are conceited and self-serving. But heavenly wisdom is governed by love. And the principle of love will bring divine order. So how do we know that wisdom is at work. When we see the, the, the glory of God manifest, when we see the glory of God being maximized in a situation, then we know that the vessel in Christ is walking in the wisdom of God to manifest the, the, uh, the glory that is in that particular situation and in that community. So Jesus it's been described here by the angels as worthy to receive the wisdom. They're saying that, oh, you're worthy to be ascribed this title of wisdom. Not so much so that Jesus' lack of wisdom now that he's receiving wisdom, but he's worthy to be ascribed this 
title of wisdom because he's the wisdom and the power of God. And Brother Daniel, I find it intriguing that when we look at those books that the the Hebrew uh, gathers or scribes of the Bible um, called the wisdom books, the wisdom literature, a lot of them are not straightforward texts. It's not, I mean, they're, they're parables, they're songs, they're things that you have to really meditate and go deep in to, but they have these wells of, of revelation in them. And so I find it interesting that as wisdom is described to Jesus, even as we've seen just in chapter 5 of the book of Revelation of the, the different aspects of him being the lion of the tribe of Judah, but yet being a slain lamb at the same time, there's these depths of who Jesus is just in his own person that require us to dwell on and meditate because they seem... Uh, uh, they don't seem small, but they're said in short phrases, but they have contradictions, uh, or they seem Complexity. to have complexities, thank you, um, that we have to mine out in the depths of the well of revelation that they have. Yeah, complexities well, I think your observation word. is very precious, and beyond complexity, beyond apparent contradiction, that's actually unified <laughs> in its foundation, but on the surface, if you don't meditate on it and reflect on it further, it looks like it's contradicting and 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 unconventional in many ways based on if you use your fleshly mind to try to just read it quickly, you say, what did the wisdom literature just try to say? But when you really understand the cosmic design in the context of eternity, which means it's not just particularly in this particular culture, in this time, then you will recognize that what it, that which is recorded in the wisdom literature really makes sense and is never changed mm-hmm. forever and ever. And so uh, what I wanted to highlight to you is the fact that uh, wisdom in the heavenly sense and the biblical sense is very covenantal and relational. So it's not just um, to make someone having a... Uh, positional uh, level of intelligence so that a person is far more intelligent than the other people, but rather it is to bring harmonious covenantal relationship so that we can be in sync with God and in sync with one another according to the design of God. Well, there are false unity, false justice, false compassion, but it looks like harmonious. Like, you know, recently we see a lot of intolerance in the tolerance movement. You know, you people can say all kinds of justice when you see that actually they're doing great injustice where the banner is about justice. So it doesn't matter what we call it. You know, the important thing is that in real sense, the, wis- the word wisdom here is related to covenant relationship. And most of the time is to preserve and enhance that. So when, when the angel says that you're worthy to receive wisdom, they recognize that Jesus has re- restored all things. He has gone to the cross and he is reconciling the alienated people from every tongue and tribe to himself by his own royal blood. And he's restoring all things in the whole created order. And the relationship is now coming back into the rightful alignment. That's remarkable. So they say you're worthy to receive wisdom. I just think another strain to add to that that you again make really clear in your book is that there's that that Jesus 
knows the timeline of eternity. He has, he has all understanding of how things are going to happen. And yet the Greek word Sophia lends towards the, the that wisdom is the one who knows how to apply that understanding, that knows how to execute the, the timeline. And even, I mean, there's many men of the earth in, in different generations, and uh, both modern and past, who have studied the Bible in depth, who've grasped the timeline of, of God's kingdom as we can see in the scripture, at least even in part. But it's a whole different thing to know how to apply and to implement and to lead and to initiate that timeline to bring it to its fullness. So because of the relational mm-hmm. um, dimension that's emphasized in wisdom and the timing that you just mentioned, um, relationship and timing is very key because when two people communicate, it's a rhythm of timing. If both talk at the same time, nobody's listening. And if one person talk one topic and the other person's not listening to that topic and start being interested in another topic, that they miss the timing. So the timing and the sequencing of the information is very important for relationship. So there's a lot of wisdom in that, like too much information, too little information, the right time. So that leads me to the concept of prayer. So if Jesus is the one who's worthy to receive wisdom, then we must understand that through prayer in Christ, when he say, abide in me, you will bear much fruits in John chapter 15. He's saying to me that you abide with me, not only you will abide in the Prince of Light, but you are abiding in the wisdom, and through wisdom you will bear much fruit. And fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. So we, because he is the one who's worthy to receive wisdom, we are the wise one in Christ. That's who we are. That's our destiny. But we have to actually have spiritual discipline that align ourselves through obedience in the Word of God in order to walk that out, to walk out our inheritance as the wise one. And because we are the wise one, we can ask Him for wisdom. James said, ask, and don't be fickle-minded. Don't be double-minded. You will receive wisdom in the midst of trials, in the midst of challenges, so that we can go into maturity in Christ Jesus. So because it is our portion to be wise in Christ, that's why we can boldly ask, like Daniel and the friends. Daniel was wiser than all the wisest people in the whole kingdom. I want to challenge all our audience, you know, that regardless of where you start in life, ask the Lord for wisdom. And wisdom can manifest in a very narrow set of areas. Some of you could be good in the kitchen, in cooking. Some of you could be out good out in the lawn, in gardening. Some of you could be out in the really good in... The space station, because you you know all the aerospace stuff and all the mathematical formula. Some of you are great teacher, and you God give you wisdom to impart knowledge. And some of you are great discipler, pastor. Some of you are good in music, and you have the discipline, and you give yourself to it. Ask a lot for wisdom. Wisdom manifests in variety of expression, and we, uh, it is our inheritance to be wise. Daniel eleven talks about people understanding who are wise and they know the signs of time. They do great exploit because they know the Lord. And so I just want to challenge our audience and live wisely, especially when the days are growing darker. Amen. So Jesus, we say thank you that you are the one who is worthy to receive all wisdom, to operate in all wisdom, we can trust you in that. And because you are the one who's 
received all wisdom, we are the ones whom you desire to share that wisdom with. You, we are the ones that you desire to partner with in releasing the kingdom of God. So today, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, by uh, or the empowerment of the Holy Spirit given to us in grace, and by the uh, very scripture that we have in James, we ask that you would release wisdom upon all of your people, upon the audience of those who are listening here, upon Brother Daniel, myself, upon your entire church, upon those who are being faithful in their day in and day out, upon the, the mothers and fathers, upon your leaders, Lord, we ask that you would release that James 3.17 wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We want to thank you for joining us for this Jesus 360 podcast, and we invite you to join us next time as we continue on through the names and descriptions of Jesus in the book of Revelation. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy my soul with your love. You satisfy my soul. You satisfy.